You ever wonder why we're here? You know, I never thought about it, but if you give me 10 minutes, I'm gonna give you the most inspirational speech about why we're here you've ever heard. Do I need to like lock the door and throw some furniture around first to inspire that or are you just good? I'm good, but like if whatever makes you feel better. It's no longer 2020. I don't think I can justify it. <laughs> Welcome to RVB Recall. to RVB Recall. We are having a grand old time in the year <laughs> of our Lord 2021. Woo! Getting dunked on 2020. Goodbye, Earl. Uh, yeah, as you might be able to tell, this episode is slightly delayed. We took a holiday break, and by that I mean we took almost the entire month of December, but that's okay. All of December is a holiday. It counts. So we are back. I'm Katie Cullen. I'm Megan Salinas. And this is RVB Zero, Season 18, whichever you prefer to call it, Episode 6, Shattered. <laughs> it, it, it needs that dramatic emphasis. It just needs to start with shattered. I can't believe I had to watch this episode twice to get the glass program shatter squad joke. I cannot believe it took me that long to get the joke. I mean, the first time we were sitting there like, oh, like freelancer. And then the second time we actually listened to what they were calling it. So fair. Uh, we should also probably point out that the wonderful Mark B. Donica is not joining us tonight. He's on an away mission. Well, that's what I wanted you to think, Katie. The truth is, Mark and I have secretly been the same person this whole time. And I've just reabsorbed him. And so I am now whole for the rest of the season. Was he the personality fragment of you that was just entirely Turbo Teen? Turbo Teen! <laughs> okay. That's my answer. <laughs> it was leaning away from the mic and screaming Turbo Teen. That really made that. <laughs> Turbo teen powers activate. I don't know why I turned British there. I don't either. I've never okay. seen the show. Why? <laughs> I have no idea what it's actually like. <laughs> I would say we're off the rails, but let's be real. We are all very much aware that this podcast has no rails. So let's start. What, <laughs> what did you think of this episode, Turbo Teen? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Or I guess Megan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know what? I I very much appreciated, you know, we're at that, you know, beat in the story where, you know, the heroes are down and we got to get that rousing speech. We got to pick them. Everybody has to pick themselves back up because the bad guys all but one. You know, we've, we've seen this before, but it's one of those like, okay, once we hit this beat, it's going to be nonstop action for the rest of the season. And I think what they were going for worked. Um, I know that you don't necessarily feel the same, um, but I, I enjoyed this for what it was. 
I definitely enjoy. This is going to sound so bad. I enjoyed parts of this episode. Um, there were definitely parts I liked better than others, and I think part of the issue with that is, for one, they gave me exactly what I wanted thirty seconds into the episode. <laughs> so we we had our nice traumatic flashback to start, and then they gave me my boys, and then they cut away from my boys and didn't do anything else, and I kind of sat here and went, "Oh, <laughs> so." Uh, heavily biased but let's be real that's what opinions are built on um and and there's nothing wrong with having critical opinions it's totally fine there's nothing wrong with being heavily biased towards a certain character i do it all (laughs) the time all the time come on if we didn't have favorites it wouldn't be any fun i'm definitely into things where i don't have a favorite no, I mean, like, if we didn't care, uh, this is there true. would be no point about us talking about it, you know? And that's why I stopped watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> anyway, the, I, they just didn't care is the exact opposite of the time and care and effort that was put into this season. Let's be real. It's beautiful. It remains beautiful. The acting is fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they just didn't care about the production. I will make jokes about my relationship to The Walking Dead until the cows come home, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, again, they, they gave me what I want right off the bat, and then the rest of it felt like, okay, we need this in the climax of a red versus blue arc, regardless of whether if it's a season climax or an, an arc, a trilogy climax, whatever. Ever since, I want to say, season eight, we've had to have the big, this is the speech, this is to get everyone back together, we go. My problem is, red versus blue set the bar extremely high for that specific speech. It was, you can't get past Arja's speech in eight. Let's be real. It's very difficult to top that one in terms of a better motivational speech in this series. 10 was pretty damn good. And I'm honestly, oh yeah, no, 13. 13 was was goddamn amazing. I was going to say, I was raising my hand (laughs) in the back going, I can think of one better. And I think the best motivational speech throughout the entire series is Kimball's speech in 13. Although Sarge's speech in eight is fantastic. Sarge's speech in eight is kind of the trope namer for this one. It's well, what set the trend here to have these. And contextually speaking, it was probably the most important for the reds and blues. Yes. Kimball's was most important for the people of Chorus. And that's why I don't necessarily have a problem with this speech. Because it's it's not for the reds and blues specifically. And it's not for the sake of a planet. It's for, you know, this this little family of misfits. That's all. Yeah. True. It just, for me, it felt, it didn't necessarily feel more obligatory, but it, what am I trying to say here? (laughs) You, tell me what I'm trying to say here. Um, (laughs) Well, Katie, what I think you're trying to say. (laughs) No, I mean. We're both crowding over the same microphone, so I like pushed her out of the way. way. (laughs) Essentially, it was not a bad speech, but I felt like everything around it wound up more in tell don't show territory like the big swelling music and that was a damn good speech and i'm like it was like eight lines it was solid and it worked but 
you're really trying to build up this incredible, perfect gourmet hamburger. And I open it up and it's a double quarter pounder with cheese. It's a solid hamburger, but that ain't gourmet. Well, I think, well, I think we're talking about this a little too early. <laughs> uh, one. I don't care. We have no rails. <laughs> we're here. Okay. Okay. If we're, if we're going to be talking about the episode all out of order and we're focusing specifically on the speech now. All right. <laughs> now what or I'm about could, to say. we could go back into order. No. Well, what I'm about to say is going to sound completely hypocritical because I think <laughs> the problem that you're having with it stems back to those pacing issues that we talked about. I think you're right. I feel like... Pacing and structural issues are important for podcasts, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to solve our pacing issues. We're going to go back to the beginning of this shit. Take that. Wind it back. So we start... You good? Yep. You sure? Yep, I'm great. Is any of this getting cut? Nope. Okay. Fantastic. How are you? Everyone's good here. How are you? So we start with a traumatic audio flashback that I rather like. And it's very much East being brought in as a kid for surgery, a procedure. We're still not quite sure which. We don't get all the details, but um, she flatlines a little bit there. That's not a good thing. I, I've said it before on various aspects of Rooster Team Radio. I'm a big fan of audio dramas. I listen to them all the time. I listen to them during work. I listen to them when I'm on my walks and on my works out workouts. Blah 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 blah. I list. I love audio dramas. They're amazing. Sound in particular and sound mixing is a very very important part but often overlooked part of filmmaking. And so moments like this where the visuals are cut and all we have is audio context clues and lines of dialogue, um, it, like it's really, I, I always really appreciate it. Just the, the inner audio drama fan in me always really appreciates it. But what I really loved too, in addition to, how fantastically that was all mixed together. I loved how it transitioned into the scene, into the present. Oh, yeah. Like, I I appreciate what they did here. I appreciate that it was extremely brief and extremely effective. And then we turn into Tucker waking up after presumably surgery because he did get stabbed. Again, he needs to stop doing that. <laughs> this... This was the little bit where I sat here and went, oh, the best 30 seconds of the episode, because this was just, it was explaining to Tucker, like, yeah, they've got some crazy medical procedures here. That's probably the only reason you're alive. You would have died otherwise. And Tucker's kvetching about losing his sword. But it's just Tucker and Wash and Carolina shooting the shit, being dumb. I love it. <laughs> My favorite part of this show is just shooting the shit being dumb. The cornerstone of this show is you ever wonder why we're here. <laughs> Where, for those of you who have been around this entire time, hello, yes, we love you. You ever wonder why we're here is how the show started. And it's just shooting the shit, hanging around. That's what we did for five seasons before we grew an overarching plot. Like, 
it's part of our charm. Quit fucking it up to quote <laughs> church. So which church? All of them. So the fact that we had this and we just had this nice little moment of these three and their dynamic and just I loved it. I miss it. And I think that's kind of what the, the fact that we cut away from that so soon. And I say this without having seen the final two episodes. The fact that this is probably all we're going to get out of Wash and Tucker for this season, especially after we started with Wash getting his ass kicked and getting tortured, like the fact that this is probably where their screen time ends, is a little frustrating to me. Partially because they've both been incredibly important characters. Partially because we spent so much time sitting here going, oh my god, what if Sleeper Agent Wash? What if this? What if that? And again, I know the finale is out at this point. We haven't watched it yet. It's looking like nothing is going to happen there, that there's a lot of potential there that just isn't going to be utilized. And so to me, that is disappointing. And again, I could be wrong. I could be reading this incorrectly. They could come back and do this. We could have a split camera finale where part of it is following what happens there and part of it is like, by the way, back at base, shit's going down. Could be. Don't know. But to me, this is just a thing that I really, really love. And then the disappointment of realizing that there is likely to be no more of it this season. It's kind you know, it's like running into an old friend and then like immediately having to to leave and you have no idea when you're going to see them again <laughs> pretty much. Um yeah, it's it's a very short-lived reunion and yeah, it is it is a little disappointing thinking about it, especially because I knew I knew that they wouldn't not that I actually knew. It's not like I had a screen or anything like that. <laughs> but I, I strongly intuited that they would not kill Tucker dead. Like, I think that was fair to say. And I will go ahead and pat myself on the back for that correct prediction. However, pretty much every... Oh, thank you for the pats on the back. <laughs> that was from Katie, not from myself. Uh, <laughs> they're not here. They can't see. Thank you, self, for patting me on the back. I feel so much better now. Thanks, me. No. Um, I like but me. But <laughs> that's one of the only things that I can pat myself on the back about being correct about. Because one of the other – I knew that they wouldn't kill Tucker without allowing him to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, because, like – or not necessarily even a blaze of glory. But there's no – in my opinion, there's no way Tucker would die without that sword in his hand. Um, like, I know he would go down swinging and, you know, again, making a bad innuendo, da-da-da-da-da. Final last words, he would make sure. <laughs> Final last words would either be swish-swish-stab or bow-chicka-bow-wow. Exactly. He and died like he lived, <laughs> insufferably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I knew that, I knew that this wasn't the end of Tucker. In my head, though... I very much pictured bringing him in. It does seem odd to bring him in and then not allow him to be that sword-wielding badass that he is. Because for all of his faults, something he actually is is in fact a sword-wielding badass. 
Yeah, he leveled up a lot, especially during the Chorus Trilogy. And even before that, he was a sword-wielding badass. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm with you there. And it's one of those things where it's... It's fun to see Carolina on the team, but it's kind of maddening to see Tucker and Wash benched. And like, Tucker, I get it because he just got stabbed and he's recovering from surgery, but... We don't know what happened to Wash, but Carolina got over a broken arm in like three days. So <laughs> she was sure. very determined. She was very <laughs> determined. Now, your friend getting his ass kicked fills you with determination. <laughs> now, that being said, I am 100. Again, we have not seen the final two episodes of this season. I am 100% here for the Carolina cheer squad of Tucker and Wash. <laughs> I'm here for the cavalry of Tucker and Wash. Are you kidding? That would be nice, too. It's like, hey, Tiny, do you still have your location? Yeah, we're going. (laughs) Tucker's got to go get a sword back, man. And Wash's whole thing is, evidently, thank you for telling us, Carolina, Wash's whole thing is, if he can help, he will. So, (laughs) it would be nice if they could come in, at least for a little bit in the finale, to just... To just kick a little bit of ass, it would be nice to see David get to punch Diesel, maybe. <laughs> oh my god, I would love that so much. He he has the misfortune. He keeps getting matched up with these bruisers, like, every time they come down the line. So it's like, yeah, I would like to see that. That's fun. Anyway, we've taken a 30-second scene and stretched it out to uh, half of our record time at this point. I do want to point out, though, and this is something that we've had during numerous different podcast discussions, there is something to be said about fan expectation versus what's what you know what the story actually is. And we oh, can't yeah. say what the story actually ends up being and therefore can't critically analyze it in its entirety until we have the whole picture, which we don't yet. And, you know, don't tweet spoilers at us, please. (laughs) (laughs) I beg of you. Um, But there is something to be said about fans managing their expectations. There is nothing wrong with coming up with headcanons and coming up with theories and things like that. Trust me, that is our jam (laughs) that is our our bread butter and jam yes and i i love consuming all of it and like you know this isn't the only podcast that we do where we talk about our theories and what we think could possibly happen that being said some fans have trouble letting go of what they wanted to happen and or what they thought should happen Versus the story that an individual tries to tell or that a group of individuals tries to tell. And I've seen plenty of cases where people get up in arms about what they wanted to happen, (laughs) not matching up with what actually happens. And I think sometimes there's justification in that and sometimes there's not. (laughs) It, It really is a case by case basis. Very rarely is the fandom was right the case like it was with say game of thrones um (laughs) game of thrones was the macro level of what the fuck are you doing but 99 percent of the time like what the fans want isn't necessarily what's best for the story or isn't necessarily the best way for things to go isn't what they had the time production etc like you can think of all of the different things you want for a story but 
in the end, there is canon. And you can reject reality and substitute your own. It's fine. That's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. But that doesn't mean that the reality you've substituted is going to be the reality for everyone, and that doesn't make it better than the reality you have rejected. You can be disappointed in a story. It happens. A lot. Media, not every piece of media is going to be for everyone. You are perfectly entitled to be disappointed in how a story turns out, how your favorite character is treated, etc. You are perfectly entitled to have an opinion. You are not allowed to attack someone because of it. Full fucking stop. That's, that's where the entitlement to an opinion ends. You gotta behave. Yeah, toxic fan culture is very much a thing. But then the, the, you know, the flip side of that, too, is that if you didn't necessarily like a thing that an author did or if you interpreted a work differently, that's what death of the author is for. And so it's, it's a complicated issue and one that I don't think either of us have the cognitive capacity <laughs> to really delve into tonight because of sleep deprivation and such. But I'd say it's less death of the author and more AO3. <laughs> That's what AO3 is for. But uh, also just like as a content creator too, you also can't get wrapped up too much in what you worry about what people will necessarily, like worrying too much about pleasing everybody can incapacitate you <laughs> as a writer. <laughs> One of the many reasons that content creators don't read fanfiction of their stuff. There's so many reasons. Don't ever do that. <laughs> anyway. But we're still only a minute into this episode. Point being, well, we jumped around to it. Point being <laughs> is that the story is not over yet. Um, but no matter how it ends up shaking out, like, I, I just want to let you know your feelings are valid. Uh, regardless of how what actually ends up happening in the story. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but not everybody else does. This is true. <laughs> Thank you, Megan, for validating my feelings on a story. <laughs> now I'm going to have my feelings and be very polite and not shove them at anyone who doesn't need to deal with my feelings. <laughs> you all came to us, remember? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this is a good little cul-de-sac. That's not a bad place to be. We then get to a scene with Raymond having not quite a crisis of faith, but something of a hindsight is twenty twenty moment, and telling one that, yeah, he knew what East was. He knew what a hollow echo was. He was just trying to convince himself, like, no, that's not the case, that's not the case. And then it turned out to be the case, and it's that whole... I knew it. I just didn't want to think about it. Which, I didn't want it to be true. Yeah. Which, I mean, legit. That's that's kind of how we all look at 2020. <laughs> I know these things. I don't want them to be true, but I know these things. Just because you don't want them to be true doesn't mean you shouldn't be wearing a mask. You should be wearing a mask. <laughs> anyway, we also get a full explanation of what a hollow echo is, and that it is a hard light clone made with a personality fragment. So I love that RVB goes back to the well of personality fragments. Like, that's always fun. And that is how I created Mark B. Donica. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was the fragment of my personality that was turbo tuned. Exactly. We do it ourselves. It's great. So I appreciate that we got this explanation from the tech guy who saw it in the files and who would keep up on this sort of thing and kind of understand how this works. This little bit of looping in the audience and also giving us just a bit more on Raymond's character. I, when he dropped to his knees, I, I know that feeling because that's the feeling that I always experience that, that sort of existential defeated dread of I'm trying to put together this piece of furniture and I, I can't do it. And I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel and I have to get it done, but I, I'm so bad at it. And why must I fail at every attempt at masonry? <laughs> See, you're talking to someone who has only ever needed help on a piece of Ikea furniture once. <laughs> that two-person suggestion is a suggestion. <laughs> the only thing I needed help with was the wardrobe, because it's literally twice my size. Everything else I made myself okay. with my own hand. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is a total tangent. Um, but my current... This entire podcast <laughs> is a total tangent. What yes. were you expecting? <laughs> but... Um, my current dresser, uh, my, my parents had an extra one. And um, so a couple years ago, they were looking to get rid of it. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm in the market for a dresser. I'll take it off your hands. And they were like, well, you know, maybe like you shouldn't take it with you now, like since it's all in the box and completely unassembled, maybe you should wait for us to put it together and then we'll load it up into a truck or something and deliver it to you. And I was so offended. I was like, you don't think I can put it together myself? I'll show you. And so, uh, you know, we loaded it up into my trunk and I took it home and I got it up the stairs and started putting it together and very, very quickly realized, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. And so that image of Raymond falling to his knees is the exact same emotions that I went through when I fell to mine and went, I've made a terrible mistake. Does that bottom drawer still stick? On occasion. <laughs> For the record, <laughs> much like I know Shatter Squad will overcome adversity and ultimately win the day, as did I. It took me six hours, but I did it. <laughs> I don't think I was here for that. <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> but I did it. So never give up, guys. <laughs> never give up. Follow your dreams. Put together that dresser. So speaking of furniture, <laughs> and this is absolutely the segue I'm going to use. <laughs> we then cut to West, who locked himself in an exam room, a conference room. I'm not sure what it was. It was rather small and circular and had a shit ton of furniture for a room that small. And he has just been screaming things and yeeting furniture because he's having a really bad day, you guys. <laughs> Turns out only about 10% of his daughter was there and that wasn't real at all. And then she stabbed Tucker and left. So, um, problems. Yeah, that's not, that's not super. That's not super good news. <laughs> so we finally get the full story from him, or at least we get his side of the story. 
And that is that he was part of a project called Glass, which is not unlike Project Freelancer, one of those many, many projects that was looking for a magic bullet to end the war. <laughs> Doing your best, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, Project Glass gave us the first Shatter Squad, that thing that we didn't pick up on. I get it now! Yay! <laughs> Shatter Glass! Super dangerous. Very sharp. Made of sound. Uh, and their leader was... Zero, who at the time was known as One, so hence his comments earlier about, ah, yes, my replacement. Uh, uh, well, they, what did he call her? Like a pale imitation of something of like or that, something or a like pale that. attempt yeah. to recreate. That me. was it. That was it. Yeah. He had some good lines that episode. Fucking, you dropped this. Shut up. <laughs> Dang. Lose something. Yes, that. Ah, <laughs> charismatic son of a bitch. Anyway, evidently he was. Real unhappy about the fact that they uh, never really got their chance to do their thing in the war because the war ended because it turns out the Spartan Project had been there the whole time. And also the flood, which may or may not exist in RVB universe. We don't actually know. Give it to us, please. Pretty please. The one thing that no showrunner has ever been willing to confirm, and it's great. So Zero... Split, was chased off, got shot off a cliff, survived, climbed back up the cliff. You know, j just villain origin story things. Uh, East, as it turns out, was born sick, got sicker, and West brought her in because the Starlight Initiative, part of Glass, had some experiments in, some advancements in alien medicine they injected her full of tahiti juice and only people who watch agents of shield will understand what i mean i was gonna say we went full colson on that one we did it's a magical place and she obviously wasn't very happy about that for so so many good solid reasons and it's what gave her her super speed but when she decided she was outie that super speed was what got her out of there. She decided faster than turbo teen. <laughs> she decided she gotta go fast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she left and You're having fun, aren't you? A little bit. That's good. And she left and joined Viper Squad and became the knife wife that we know and love and are slightly terrified of. As you do. <laughs> it's about the right way to approach knife wife. So now we finally, finally have the full story here yeah and i gotta be honest i dig it i really like that i like phases motivations i i like uh, you know i like that as like a villain origin story it reminds me a lot of um you know the villain from ant-man and the wasp like which I, I haven't seen which is why I'm not really going to go into details about it, but in terms of like experiment gone wrong, um, anybody who's seen the movie knows what I'm getting at. But um, yes, it reminds me a lot of that and I am super into that and I really like that potential dynamic moving forward of estranged father trying to reach out and maybe repair some damage. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to come home, Dad. <laughs> I will tell you, if I had super speed as a teenager, oh boy, I would have been, I would have been such a handful. 
Which makes me wonder how old she actually is, because they commented that when she bailed, it was only a couple of years ago. So, do we, like, do we know how old she is? Any of them are? We I have two dads on this squad, but aside from that... I think yeah. a couple episodes ago, they mentioned that East was 18. I think that was the case, but... I don't know. That was back in 2020. So who can say? Yeah, I, you can't blame her for bailing on a bailing on a military installation when you're 15 years old. It's good to finally get that story. And again, I will be interested to see if any of that changes if we get a different telling from Faze. I don't know that it will. Aside from he abandoned me, they tortured me. He shouldn't have abandoned me because you know she was a kid at the time. And that's a terrifying thing to go through. So there's a... I don't think we believe in therapy in the RVD universe. The closest we got was the counselor, and that was the opposite of therapy. So yeah, that's pretty traumatizing stuff for a kid. Yeah. Again, I, I love... I love it as an origin story, and it explains a lot of why Zero might have seemed like a good alternative. Uh, what'll be interesting to see is if personal revenge quest supersedes the good of the rest of the universe. Because I don't really know how much on, how on board Knife Wife is with like whatever sort of destruction that Zero is going to wreak when he gets the ultimate weapon, whatever that may be. Yeah, whatever the ultimate power happens to be. And I mean, she called him on that, and he basically went, "Well, if you don't like it, you can leave." <laughs> Before we move on, we want to take a minute to talk to you guys about iTunes. Thank you so much to everyone who has rated, who has subscribed, who has left a comment. You guys really, really help us out when you do that. It helps us rise in the podcast ranks. It helps make us more searchable. So if you want your friends and also random strangers who could become your friends via shared fandom to find this podcast, aside from directly linking it to people, which doesn't work as well with random strangers, let's be real, the best thing you can do to help us be found by new fans, new people, people who already love the same stuff you do, is to rate and leave a comment and subscribe. All of that wonderful stuff. We don't have any new iTunes reviews this week, but we do like to give you guys a shout out when you interact with us on Twitter, when you leave us an iTunes review. And if you leave us a review in an iTunes store that is not the American iTunes store or in a different podcast app, we have a bit of a harder time finding those. So if you can just screen cap that, tweet it at us at the Rooster Team. We love those. We love seeing those. Those get shout outs too. Seriously, you guys, we adore seeing what you have to say and we really appreciate your support. And if you would like to continue to support us and also get lovely things for yourself, we do have a sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Fred He Bakes. He does cookies. They are amazing. Cookies are what we really need in the world right now, so highly recommended. The flagship cookie is the brown sugar buddy, which is like a cross between a spice cookie and a ginger snap and a molasses cookie. It is chewy. It is soft. It is amazing. And they barely last five minutes once I get them in the front door because they are just too good for this world. Too pure. If you are still loving your fall and winter flavors, then you want the Maple Brown Sugar Buddy. It is all the goodness of a brown sugar buddy and a hit of maple, and they are amazing, dunked in your hot winter drink of choice. 
I recommend the spiced apple cider, but whatever you drink out of a mug, that cookie is going to be real good dunked in it. Highly recommended. If you are not a spice cookie person, if you prefer chocolate chip cookies, then you want the big chip buddy. It is huge. It is soft. It is fluffy. It is covered in chocolate chips. It's a little harder to dip into your drink unless you have one of those really huge mugs, which no judgment, we all have at least one. I think there's like five in this apartment, but we all have at least one. And if these all sound really good to you and you can't decide, he does sampler boxes. He calls them cheat boxes. They've got a little bit of everything. You can try things and then order more of what you like, which if you're anything like me is all of them. Everything is fresh, never frozen. They are all made to order in small batches. You cannot find any of these in stores. You can only find them at fredhebakes.com. That's three words, fredhebakes.com. And use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. FredHeBakes.com, coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Treat yourself, you deserve it. But speaking of Viper Squad's doom road trip, we see them at the final temple. We do see that sword light up for her, so that's, that's an option. Uh, yes, we open up the final door to the final temple to the gates of doom. I don't know. To the, to the one master power, it's, it's, yeah, there's about 50 Zelda jokes in here, and I have missed all of them. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sitting here telling you that the trial of the sword is a lot harder than it looks, everybody. You think you're going to get in there, and you think it's going to be easy, and then it's 54 floors of nonsense. I would love to see Viper Squad deal with 54 floors of nonsense, but I seriously doubt that the trial is going to strip their equipment before they do <laughs> anyway there's the zelda jokes thank you before they go in they take a nice little selfie and they slide into shatter squad's dms with the equivalent of ha 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 lol come find us i i did appreciate the joke about his email i it's it's juvenile of me, but I did appreciate it. Oh, how old school. Retro. <laughs> like, all right. Email would be retro. Okay. It just, it it's really funny to me that this mustache twirly villain who is very charismatic and very suave actually took the time to create an email address with 69 in it. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. He's probably back from one that was funny. Which is forever. It's always funny. But if you think about it, just in terms of, like, age, if he'd had a kid instead of an evil plan, he'd be Axel. <laughs> and also a lawnmower. If you have a lawnmower and an evil plan, does that make you lawnmower, man? Anyway, so we have that nice little DM slide. We don't have time to unpack lawnmower, man, Katie. <laughs> We don't. Lawnmower Man is about as deep as a puddle. We don't. We can't. We don't. We can't. <laughs> Moving on. There's only room. There's only room for one vehicle-based character, and that's Turbo that's Team. Turbo team. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Just because I have weird-ass nostalgia for Lawnmower Man. Moving on. <laughs> oh, I've been preempted. <laughs> no, no. Weird-ass nostalgia. That is Turbo Team. <laughs> anyway... Okay, let's Lawnmower see. Man is not good. This is not an endorsement. No. L let's see if we can get through the episode without discussing Turbo Teen again. 
somewhere, Mark is incredibly disappointed and does not know why. You mean in my heart? Oh, that's right. <laughs> you ate him. I can feel it. The disappointment. Disappointed! Anyway. So then we have the speech. And we talked about this a bit earlier, but one is just super gung-ho. This is our chance. We know where we are. Let's go get him, team. And nobody else seems to be along for the ride. And then she gives that speech. Like, zero, he grandstands, he makes fun, he goads you to make you forget that he's just one guy. And we, we segue into why I'm here, because we can't have one of these speeches without calling back to ever wonder why you're here. But her whole bit is people have been telling me why I'm here and I've been following that. And now I'm going to make my own decisions. And now we're going to go be one badass team and let's go kick his ass. So it's. It, again, it's functional for the season, but I found it disappointing in the scope of overall crazy-ass motivational red versus blue speeches. Just generally speaking. I think this was the right speech for this particular group of characters. I think where your issues with it, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having issues of it, but I think that particularly stems from the way this season has been structured and with the way that this season has been paced. Because one of the things you brought up off mic while we were talking about this is how strange it seemed that in the scene right before, Raymond seemed really determined and really proactive. Then they get the call from Zero, and he needs this speech to, to, get, to be reinvigorated to take him on. And so... This is one of those things where I think that's a perfectly valid point um, where maybe going through the script one or two more times might have been able to iron out some of these kinks. Um, that being said, I think the speech itself is good, and I think it's fitting for these group of characters. Maybe you don't necessarily need uh, West saying, that was a great speech right after it. Yeah. Because that, that undermines how good of a speech it was if you need to like like you said it's a it's a show don't tell let's see how effective the speech was so that we don't need to be told what a great speech that was i think you're right i really do think the follow-up line is part of what killed it for me is just it, it, yeah you hear someone say something and you don't necessarily sit there and go that was a great speech i'm motivated you go fuck yeah let's go kick his ass like it's 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 a little too much character explaining own feelings to audience, and we don't need you that. You can't just have your characters announce how they feel. That makes me feel angry. <laughs> yes, exactly that. One hundred and ten percent that. God damn. I will always go back to the robot devil from Futurama. <laughs> he makes me oh so happy. Yeah, well, I would say that's his job, but that's the furthest thing from true. <laughs> so we have our speech, and then we have a pose as a team, because shit just got real moment, along with these brand new upgrades that we've been working on, courtesy of Raymond and Tiny, which is nice. It's good to see that come back around. It's good to hear Tiny again. I miss her. She's perfect. And then we have, we've been calling these daddy death flags from pretty much the get-go. <laughs> 
And thus we will continue to call them Daddy Death Flags because, yeah, let's be real. At this point, both Axel and West are just two weeks from retirement, maybe two days, maybe less than two hours, depending on how this goes. But they have a conversation about essentially being a parent and Wes saying that he wants what's best for her. And even if that means letting his daughter go. So, you know, just watching that and like, oh, that's really sweet. They're going to fucking die. <laughs> you know, the mad vibes I got from these two dads talking about being two dads was I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize both of them were two weeks away from retirement. <laughs> Yeah, that that's just one of the like I hope they don't. I like them, but I'm I'm gonna be real. I could take or leave West. I like Axel a lot. <laughs> and if Raymond dies, we riot. So <laughs> that's where the guys stand on my hierarchy of shatter squad. <laughs> one is a fucking queen, send tweet. Uh yeah, so and you know they're not going to kill Carolina. <laughs> not happening. No way. No. Um, no. No. But so, I, yeah. I I, would agree with that ranking system, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, West is great, but we, it, what we got from him that wasn't, oh, no, my daughter, which, let's be real, is not a bad thing to build a character around, we got... The best thing we had from him was episode two, his interactions with Raymond, trying to get him to shape up and then working with him for stuff. And then, God, was it it was episode four where everyone got their ass handed to them by zero and we had all those beautiful lines. And that bit of, see, rookie, this is how you do whatever. Like, his best interactions have been him and Raymond. And maybe that's the parenting side of him coming out. But I don't think we've had quite as much non-ah-my-daughter uh, character development for him <laughs> as we've had for, say, Axel. Axel strikes me as a... I feel like we know more about him as a person. Even if it was just a stupid lawnmower joke. <laughs> we know more about him. Well, it's The that, joke was great. It's that in, in world, people thought it was stupid, but I appreciated lawnmower. I mean... It's really fun to, like, ascribe dad attributes to characters, you know? Dad tributes. Dad tributes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so mad at you. Um, no, you're not. But in addition to the dad tributes, um, we also have that backstory with Axel. And, or, oh, my gosh. That backstory, Axel. Everyone is Mercury. <laughs> Story Axel has with Zero is what I mean by that. <laughs> you know, Axel's backstory with Axel. So his life? His, like, entire life? Most people just call those flashbacks. <laughs> um, the, yeah. Uh, I think it's the, the combined relationship of, like, the, those fun dad attributes plus that relationship with Zero. Um, whereas... We don't really have as many fun attributes with West. The The grumpy dad character is fun and can be a lot of fun. But I feel like if this season was a little bit longer and we got more of like those one-on-one -on -one missions with like him and Raymond. Like one thing I really loved, I really loved his one-on-one -on -one, um, with Diesel and fighting Diesel when he and God, Raymond were yes. together. Um, we're on that mission together. 
I really liked that. And I feel like if this season had been a little longer, one, that might have ironed out some of the pacing issues that we keep running into. And two, uh, I think that would have allowed us to get a little bit more attached to West so that if he were to die, uh, one, we would still call it. But two, I think we'd be a little bit more like, oh, no, about it instead of having to assign this ranking table of what's what's acceptable and what's not. <laughs> I mean, none of them should really be acceptable. But in terms of who's going to break my fucking heart, um, Look, if Raymond dies, we riot. Look, when we're getting this many daddy death flags, we have to prepare ourselves, is all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think we I don't think we got as much out of West as we could have, and I do think it was pacing that did it. You know what this episode is? What is it? Daddy Death Flags Part Deux. Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) No, that was it. Daddy Death Flags Part Deux. That's all. (laughs) Okay. to mime walking away while not actually getting out of one seat is um not as easy as one would think <laughs> so that's how we end the episode with a slew of daddy death flags and a uh, promise for combat yes <laughs> do we i think we kind of ran through all of our predictions in the course of this at least one if not two daddies is probably gonna die <laughs> daddies no daddies no <laughs> That's it, honestly. The rest of it's just going to be like, no, this is going to be fun. Let's go. I mean, I am looking forward to seeing Carolina kick some ass. Um, I do think we are going to get Faze to come around, and I think that's going to happen when West gets maybe mortally wounded, question mark. I hope he'll be okay, but I feel like it's going to be something serious um, to get Faze to turn on zero. I just don't know how big of a push she needs, you know? I don't know if it's going to be a rousing power friendship thing or if it's just going to be Zero talking himself into a corner. Like, you know? I would love to see that. I'm kind of thinking that she's just going to kill him and then have regrets. (laughs) You know? Oh, her dad? Yeah. Oh. I know! He was my only father! I thought you meant she was going to kill Zero and then go, oh, wait, no, I did want ultimate power. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I would love to see her finish Zero off, though. That'd be poetic. Um, No, I feel like she's going to kill West and then be like, oh, no, my only father. (laughs) Have a moment of, oh, that wasn't what I actually wanted. Why didn't I learn that five minutes ago before I'd stabbed him? Shit. Uh, speaking of, we had, I mean, I, I don't want to prolong uh, too much. I know we are in the process of wrapping up, but um, as as you mentioned earlier, she has the sword in this episode, uh, and the reason she was able to obtain that is because Tucker flatlined, presumably. Uh, are we ever going to get that? Is, is Tucker ever going to get that sword back? Not unless she dies. okay (laughs) all right we'll burn that bridge when we get there so yeah either this you know the sword has a new owner forever and then you know phase goes off to do her own dark paladin quest which what like i'd see that crossover 
she and Locus go. <laughs> the Faze and Locus show. Oh, they're, I'm here. But they're on okay. separate Dark Paladin quests. <laughs> Do and you? then they run into each other, and then they go on a dark paladin quest together. Do you have any idea how difficult it would be to get him to trust another feisty small with a knife? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he'd recognize his type a mile away and go, shit, shit, not again. Hey, I'd ship it. <laughs> if they shared a second of screen time, I'd be there. Who says they have to share a second of screen time? You know what? No. Th- honestly, they don't need... I think there's too much of an age gap there, probably, because I have no idea how old o- Locus is. But... Uh, old enough to have fought in the war, which en- well, which ended at this point... Well, I have no idea how long this takes place after season 17, but we're looking at well over a decade ago. Yeah, no, I don't need to ship them. But I do like the idea of, like, a buddy, former villain, paladin quest road trip. I love that. I love that. And I mean, Silent Tall and Feisty Small is a thing, guys. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) So if someone's written this fic, like, let us know. Send it to me. Slide into my DMs <laughs> with a selfie of yourself at the gate of infinity or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and a link to this fanfiction that I specifically want that probably doesn't exist in any capacity, but that's okay. <laughs> Former villain redemption road trip! All right, those were the rails. We got super <laughs> off of them once again. So I think we can call it for this. So you all know, going into the finale, we know that it is a two-part finale. We will be covering both parts in the same show. So you can look forward to one more, probably longer, because we will presumably have more things to talk about, episode after this one to round out this season in this podcast feed. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. In the meantime, Megan, where can the people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also have a YouTube channel where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost. Where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. And we talk about it. And if you want to hear me be a hypocrite about fan expectations versus what's there in the show, uh, that's the podcast for you. Also, be sure to follow the wonderful Mark B. Donica at Mark B. Donica. He does a ton of cool stuff, so follow him on social media. Keep up with all the cool things he's doing. Yeah, so Mark's podcast is called Party of Two. It's a theme park podcast. He does it with his wife. I think they're on hiatus right now because so are most theme parks, as they should be right now. And that YouTube channel is called Silver Screams, where we talk about spoopy things. I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to RVB, other Rooster Teeth things, other things in general, they live on that same channel. I am also part of a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast. And we're also on hiatus because the season is on hiatus. And I need it to come back. But yeah, we're, it's these things do happen. It's on hiatus, but it's still a good listen. Come check it out. It's fun. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Rooster Team. Join our Discord. Check out our T Public. They're all under that name, the Rooster Team. It's a good time. We have fun. We do Turbo Team memes and many, many other things, but also Turbo Team memes. Obviously, that's the selling point here. Um, be sure to leave a review on iTunes if you enjoy this, or you know, if you leave it in another podcast app or another uh, non-American iTunes store. Throw that in our Twitter. We adore seeing those, and we like giving you guys shout-outs. Supporting our sponsor supports us. Head to fredhebakes.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. Cookies are good. Treat yourself. And as always, we end with the important stuff. Wear a mask. Anytime you go outside the door, don't care what you're doing, don't care how far you're going or how long you're out or whether you think you'll run into any other human beings, wear a mask. It is the responsible, compassionate thing to do. Support your essential workers. They don't have the choice to stay indoors, so they're doing their best. Be kind to them. Be kind to your postal workers as well for the same reason and also because the post office is suffering from shenanigans. So be kind to your postal workers. Be patient with the post office. Things are crazy. Black Lives Matter, Black LGBTQIA Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. That has not changed. That is not going to change. Black Lives Matter. Thank you for voting. 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 And to those of you in Georgia, thank you for voting again. Really appreciate it. Doing your, doing your democratic duty. Way to go, everyone. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. That's the only way we're going to get through this. And remember that we love you. Thank you for listening. This has been RVB Recall, over and out. Mm-hmm.